So good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. I um, hope you haven't forgotten. Maybe you, uh, I don't know, maybe you went out on a special date on Friday night, last night maybe, or maybe you got a plan for later on today or tonight, and uh, I just wanted to remind you about that. But guess what? Valentine's Day is a day that we use to celebrate relationships, right? It might be with a friend. It, it might be a romantic relationship. doesn't have to be. could be a family relationship. One thing we know is this celebration of relationships is important because relationships, frankly, are important. We know the importance of relationships, and we know that relationships affect our life in all kinds of areas, in, in many, many areas, as a matter of fact. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about relationships. Now, we're calling the series simply Grounded. Now, what does grounded have to do with relationships? I think it has everything to do with relationships because here's our big idea for this series and something you'll want to keep in mind. What we're going to be talking about is the fact that relationships are the ground we grow in. Relationships are the ground we grow in. Now, through the years, there's been all kinds of studies about relationships. We've experienced relationships if we've lived very long, right? Uh, I can remember back to my very early days of thinking about relationships and learning about relationships and hearing studies about relationships. One of the great studies ever done in relationships is called the Grant Study. Perhaps you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't heard of it. The Grant Study was begun in 1937, and the purpose was to determine how men might find the good life, how men might find satisfaction in life and fulfillment in life. A test group of about 300 um, uh, students was put together. There were 300 men from uh, Harvard University. Now, these men were tracked for 70 years. Now, I know that's a long time for a test group to be tested, but the, the study was phenomenal and incredible and really very intriguing in what was found. George Valiant worked with this group for four decades, and he commented on the, the conclusion of this uh, particular event. Valiant said this. He said, I discovered that the only thing that really matters in life are your relationships to other people. The warmth of relationships throughout life has the greatest positive impact on life satisfaction. Now, that's not from a preacher. That's not from a sociologist. That's from a man who is studying men in a test group to see what brings happiness and fulfillment. As a matter of fact, you might guess that some skeptics begin to say, ah, oh, it's too general or, you know, it's too romantic or, you know, it's just not, can't be true. So Valiant reviewed his study again and came out with the fact that, you know what, here's the bottom line. What we need is L-O-V-E. And uh, as the Canadian broadcast company reported later, maybe the Beatles were right. All you need is love. Well, I've lived long enough and been in enough relationships of different types to know that you really do need a little bit more than just love, but love is important to the relationship. A lot of things come into our relationship. Maybe you remember your best friend growing up. Do you remember that? You know, just social media is not the first invention of BFF, right? We all remember our best friends, and, and, and we may Go back to our early days and think about that. Think back just a moment. Do you remember your best friend and what made that best friend your best friend? I got to thinking about that a little bit, and I thought about my friend Jimmy, and, and Jimmy was my best friend growing up, and I thought, what made him my best friend? <clears throat> and it was some pretty profound things. A, we were the same age. B, we went to the same school. And C, we liked the same things. 
That pretty much was it. What makes your best friend? What strengthens your relationship most these days? Maybe it is a similar values, right? Maybe it is someone who is at least in your same generation or your same in the neighborhood of age. Maybe it is someone who lives with you but, or close to you, but not necessarily. Maybe it is someone who has the same values that you have. But then again, not always. Maybe it's someone that you just click with. I don't know what it might be, but I know this. I know that when we think about relationships, we think about people and what people mean to me and how people impact and affect my life. So we're going to be talking about relationships. So where do you start when we talk about relationships? And where do you start when we talk about it becoming a ground that we grow in. Well, to start with, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, right? The book of Genesis is one of the most fascinating books in all of Scripture. And the reason it's so fascinating is because it is a book of beginnings. And in the first 11 chapters, we find some incredible thoughts and teachings about the beginnings of life. And then even chapter 12 and following, we see the beginning of the nation of Israel as a people. So let's go back to Genesis, all the way back to the beginning, and see what the Scripture teaches us about relationships, how we think, and and how we grow in this area. Now, I'm going to suppose that there's two things, or propose that there's two things for us to consider this morning when we think about the beginning, the founding principles of relationships. One is that we were created for a relationship with God. The second is that we were created for a relationship with people. Now, let's go and talk first about this. We are created for a relationship with God. Now, that's an extremely important place to begin. Maybe you would expect that because, oh yeah, Eddie, you're a pastor. I'd expect you to say that. But it goes beyond just that. Let's think it through. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. I want to read a couple of verses to you. Scripture says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. Now, immediately you recognize this as the beginning of creation, right? Let's read on. It says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature, every creature roams the earth. And so we see this important beginning, this important thought that we are created for a purpose. We are created for a relationship with God. Now, let's think with me very carefully. Look back at the verse one more time, a little more carefully. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. There's something we need to see here about God and, and, and about our God that we need to come to understand and we need to come to know about. And that is that God intended this relationship with man because God is in relationship in a very unique way. Now, let me think about this with you just a moment. This is what makes Christian uh, faith, our Christian faith, very unique. This is what makes Christianity unique. The fact that God wants to have a personal relationship 
with us. God wants to have a personal relationship with you. That's what makes this so important. Christianity is not really about a bunch of rules. It's not about keeping a list of to-dos. Christianity is about a relationship. It's really not about a religion. It is about a relationship. Christ, God wants to have a relationship with you. And of course, our faith says that only Jesus can enable this to happen. Only Jesus can redeem and restore us to God into the relationship that God intended from the beginning. From the very beginning, Scripture clearly indicates and teaches us that we were created for this personal relationship with God. When we find this out, when we find our place in a relationship we were created for, all of our other relationships begin to get better. We are created for a relationship. We're created from a relationship, right? We're created from a relationship. We We need to understand that, right? Your parents were in a relationship. May have been a good one, May have been a bad one, but it was a relationship. We saw that. God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so we are born out of a relationship. We are born because of relationship, from relationship. But we are also created for a relationship with God and for a God who understands relationship. There's an important hint of something very important in this verse. When the scripture tells us, Genesis 1.26, we read it, that God, God said, let us make man in our image. What do we find? We find a hint at the Christian doctrine, very important doctrine of the Trinity. Have you heard that before? Have you, have you heard that thought before? The doctrine of the Trinity. It's a very important, essential, distinctive in the historic Christian faith. It's one of those doctrines that become very basic, very foundational to everything we believe in. So what is the Trinity, you say? I don't even know what that word is. The doctrine of the Trinity is the simple truth that God is one, but exists in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I say that's a simple truth, but it is not simple to understand how God is one and yet three. That is our doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, I, I always like to say this. While I can't understand everything about that, I can't in my own flesh, in my own mind, in my own uh, finite being completely understand that to this day, I'm kind of glad I don't, that I have a God that I don't understand. He's bigger than my understanding. But this is what's important. Not that we build an apologetic today for this particular doctrine, but this doctrine becomes important to our point because God understands relationship. He understands perfect relationship and the value of relationship. So God intends in, our, in the creation of man for man to have relationship, for man to see the value of relationship, for man to understand the value of relationship. Another reason this idea of the Trinity, this, this truth of the Trinity is so important 
important is because, listen, we need to understand that there's a little false teaching going out there, I believe, that we need to straighten out, and that is this. Man was not created because God needed man. I've heard people say, well, God needed fellowship with us. No, no, God didn't need us for fellowship, for, for community, for relationship. He had that. God is a God who has no need. He's in need of nothing. So can I just say, for those of us who just want to be egocentric a little bit, for those of us who want to think that the universe and creation revolves around me and that God needed me, may I just say, no, God didn't need me, but he did want me. Man. God didn't need me, doesn't need me, but he does love me. And God doesn't need a relationship with me, but God wants to have a personal and growing relationship with me. So this is a very, very important truth. God created us for relationships, to enjoy, to understand how to enjoy the fullness of life through a relationship. First of all, through a relationship with him. It's very important that we understand and that we begin there. We were created for relationship with God. You remember if you read on through scriptures, I may not remember, but if you read on through the story of the creation, you read on through the Genesis account, you find that Adam, the first man, and Eve, his wife, were in a garden called Eden. You remember that paradise? You've heard about that paradise? And the scripture says that in Eden... God would walk through the garden in the cool of the day, it would say. And God would walk through the garden. Why? To have a relationship with man, to have a relationship with Adam, to have a relationship with Eve. And this relationship was an incredible experience that he intended and still intends for you and I today. We need to know we are created for a relationship. We've got you are created for a relationship with God. Pastor, author, and teacher Rick Warren in his life, in his book, Purpose Driven Life, wrote these words. He said, you were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. We are made for relationship with God. If you want your life and other relationships to make sense, you've got to get this part of the equation. You need a relationship with Jesus. Now, the second thing we learn is that we are created for relationships with people. Not only with God, but also with people. Now, I think you understand that because most of us crave relationships. Most of us want relationships. And even if we've thought before, well, I don't know if I need relationships, over a period of time of loneliness, we find that maybe we do need relationships. We've experienced that in the past year, right? In 2020, many of us have been quarantined. We've been set aside. Some of you are still quarantined or, or, or apart from people. We're, we're, we're experiencing now a new phenomenon called social distancing. We just have to separate for health reasons, for safety reasons, precautions. During that time, what have we found? We found that we miss people. We miss relationships. We miss contact with other people. We miss talking with other people, conversing with other people, seeing other people, and even touching other people. We find eventually that we do need people. You remember the, the classic movie, the, the, the blockbuster movie, um, Castaway with Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is cast away on a deserted island, and uh, he's fine for a little bit, begins to talk to himself a little bit, and eventually has to have a friend. So who's his friend? You remember, don't you? 
Wilson. If you've seen the movie, you remember Wilson becomes his friend. Why? Because we need some kind of contact socially. We need something, even if it means creating a relationship with a volleyball, right? We need relationship. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are, are thinking this. I'm ahead of you. You're thinking, I don't need anybody. I don't need a relationship. Tell me, Eddie, why I need a relationship. I can be a loner on an island. I could be the castaway. You might exist for a while, and you might be happy for a while. But eventually, you're going to need a Wilson in your life, and you're going to be finding and searching for something. We need relationships with people. And we'll talk to you more about that in the coming weeks. But for now, I want to take you back to our story, back to, back to our scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, a little bit further, page 1, we see that we are created for, for God and by God. And now we see in page 2 that we are created for people. Verse 15, chapter 2 says, The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for, the, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now watch this. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. Now can you get much clearer than that? God said, it is not good. You know what? That's the first time we see those words in the creation story. At the end of each of the days in the creation story, after God had created the light, after God had created the sun and the moon, after he created the fish in the sea, after he created the birds of the air, every time at the end of the day, God said, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Until we get here. And for the first time, God says, it's not good. What's not good? It's not good that the man should be alone. Isn't that an incredible thought? God tells us very clearly that we need people, that we need relationships. Now, I want to say here, and, 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 and maybe I'll get ahead in some of our thinking, um, I, many times we immediately apply this idea that it's not good for man to be alone to a marriage, right? And the reason we do that is because of the events that follow. After God says it's not good for a man to be alone, he says, I'll create a helper. And then we have the story of the creation of Eve, which is an incredible story. If you haven't read it, you need to go back and read it at another time. But he creates Eve, and so we immediately tie this with marriage. And, and I'm certain it should be tied with marriage because it's, it is good to have a relationship in marriage and to enjoy relationships. I've been married for 45 years, and I've had a relationship with Beth for all those years that I wouldn't give anything for. Yes, it's good to, for, that I'm not alone, and yes, I'm glad that she's a part of my life. But you know what? I'm convinced that, that this thought and this truth and this principle goes beyond marriage. It goes beyond romantic relationships. It could go to friendships. It could go to family relationships. It could go to really even some casual relationships. The truth is, and we're finding it today, we need relationships. Boy, that study was right. It is what makes us happy. It is what makes a difference in our life. It does impact us when we have people. Now, Wilsons are good to have around. I'm sure Wilson was a comfort to Hanks on the island. But I don't know about you. I need more than a volleyball with some paint on it. I want to be able to have a relationship with people. 
Why do we need people, Eddie? Well, that's the next couple of weeks. I hope you'll come back, and I hope you'll be with us next week as we talk about why we need relationships, and the next week when we talk about why we need relationships, why relationships are important, and how it is that we can see that relationships bring vitality to life, bring meaning to life, and bring fulfillment to life. That'll be next week. Let me come to a takeaway for today. Very basic and very foundational thought in our message today. But here's a takeaway that I want you to hold on to. Our relationships are a gift from God. They really are. Our relationships are a gift from God. Loving God and loving people is not just a catchy phrase. It's not just a catchy slogan. The two go together. When we love God, we love people. When we love people, we are loving God. When we find our meaning and our identity and our relationship with God, we're free to fully enjoy our relationship with other people. It is a gift from God. Think with me just a moment as we close out here. First of all, our relationship with God is a gift from God. Because you see, if you read on in the creation story, chapter 1, page 1, we see that we're created for God and by God. Page two, we see that we're created for a relationship with other people. And that's a wonderful experience and a wonderful relationship within a paradise of Eden. But then page three, we see sin enter into the world. Yes, yeah, sin, we talk about that. Sin enters into the world. Not only does that sin affect Adam and Eve, but it infects the human race. It infects all of us and eventually is passed down from generation to generation to generation so that by the time we come on board, we are sinners both by choice and by nature. Yes, we're sinners because of what we choose, but we're also sinners by our very nature. And so our very nature of this sin nature, this presence of sin in our life, this self-centeredness and selfishness that we have to work and move at to move out often hinders relationships, often mars relationships, and often destroys relationships. You see, selfishness, greed... Self-ambition, self-preservation, all of these things hinder relationships. But most of all, the scripture tells us that sin broke our relationship with God. And we became enemies with God. We became in a position of having no relationship and incapable of having a relationship with God. That's why Jesus stepped down to the earth. That's why Jesus came and died on a cross. That's why Jesus shed his blood as a sacrifice. What? For our sins. So that he could make reconciliation between God and man. Peter wrote it this way in his little epistle. He said, for Christ, that's Jesus. Jesus also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might what? Bring you to God. Jesus died to restore the relationship with God that we so desperately need. Why? Because we were created for that. Sin separated that. Sin destroyed that. But Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. And now you and I, you right now, can have and enjoy a relationship, a personal relationship with God through the sacrificial blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's so, so very, very important for us to understand. And you know what? Sin sometimes blocks and hinders relationship with others. We get so self-centered. We get argumentative. We get angry. We, we, we get selfish. We get controlling. All the things that come in that sin nature that can ruin relationships. And yet Jesus said to his disciples, a new command I give you. 
Love one another as I have loved you. There's the key. As I, how did he love us? Sacrificially, unselfishly, and unconditionally. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So Jesus gives us the ability to restore and to build relationships. It's the love of God, the Apostle Paul said, that is abounding in us, that is shed abroad, one version says, in our hearts. The love of God that enters into our hearts. When we know God or in a relationship with God, He fills us with, uh, it fills us um, with love. He is love. And as He comes into our lives and into our hearts, our hearts, our lives become loving, and we can then fully love other people. Then we can love other people. What he intended us to love. He can, we can love other people in a fashion that will build relationships or restore relationships. And that's so very important for us. I want to can just conclude with this thought and let you chew on it a little bit as we think about going forward next week. Until you enter into a genuine relationship with Jesus and others, life's purpose will never be realized and life's pleasure will never be enjoyed to its fullness. That's how important relationships are. And that's why your relationships, my relationships, are the ground that we grow in. Are you ready to grow in that area of your life? Are you ready to grow in this matter of relationship? As you grow in your matter of relationships, you grow in potential for a wonderful, fulfilling, and meaningful life that God has intended from the very beginning. I pray that today, You'll consider that. And I pray that right now today, you need a relationship with God. You'll bow your head right where you are, right there, right at your, in your living room, or, or maybe it's at your den, maybe it's at your desk. But you just bow your head and invite Christ, invite Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to get that sin out of your life. Right now, you'll turn away from the sin that destroys relationships with God and man. And that you'll say, Lord, forgive me. And God, take control of my life. And do in my life what I can't do on my own. As you yield your life to him, he's going to change your life. And it'll change your relationships. You can do it right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for these few moments we've had this morning. Thank you for my friends who are listening. People who are listening I don't even know. God, I thank you for each one, and I thank you that you've given us this thought, this truth about relationships, and you reminded us today, God, of how important relationships are. First of all, that we would have a relationship with you. Secondly, that we would have a relationship with people, that we would have in relationships that would enhance our lives, that would, that would build our lives, that, that would um, make our lives full and meaningful and full of purpose and, 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 and all the things, Lord, that bring fulfillment and joy into our lives. God, help us to understand that. And right now, I pray that many listening to this broadcast, many listening to this message right now, will yield their hearts and their lives to you, O living Savior, Lord Jesus. We love you. We thank you for this in his sweet name. Amen.